welcome to Conveyor on Learning and Development. I'm Jason Kelsky, your host. Today we're starting a series where we're looking at five questions from our article on microlearning. And if you want to read the article, you can get all of this information there. But we decided to also break up each question into a single episode on our podcast for your convenience. Also, there's a video on our website. It's less than 10 minutes and it also is a brief answer to the question of microlearning. So jump over there, conveyor.com slash microlearning and watch the video, or you can continue to tune into this over the next few days where we release each question. So along with answering the question, I'll give you a best practice, and that way you walk away with something tangible. So let me give you the five questions, and then I'll answer question one. So we're often asked these five things. What is microlearning? Why should I use microlearning? Where should microlearning be used and who uses it? What's the process for developing microlearning? And what should I look for in a microlearning platform? Okay, so let's answer question number one today. What is microlearning? So I'll give you a lexical definition that we took from Microlearning Short and Sweet by Carl Cap and Robin DeFelice. You can find it on Amazon and uh, it's a it's maybe $24. It's a great book, a lot of excellent resources in there. Again, Microlearning Short and Sweet by Carl Cap and Robin DeFelice. Uh, and this is their definition of microlearning. They say, quote, Microlearning is an instructional unit that provides a short engagement in an activity intentionally designed to elicit a specific outcome from the participant, end quote. Now, I think that this definition is best summed up by something that Shannon Tipton, who's a microlearning expert, she said. You can find out more about Shannon Tipton at Learning Rebels. I think it's learningrebels.com. But Shannon cuts this definition down to something very simple. She says, quote, microlearning is short content to solve a specific problem, end quote. Now, she also gave a parameter and she clarified what she meant by that. She said this, she said, quote, by the time people finish reading the checklist or watching your video, they should be able to do the thing, end quote. So by the time they're done with reading your content, reading your video, watching your video, they should be able to do whatever it is that you state. Very simple. That's what microlearning is, is solving a solution. Give somebody something specific to do. What does that mean though? So unfortunately, a lot of people want to focus on the part of microlearning micro, and they, they think that it means short. They think microlearning, if I just take my content and give it in a two-minute video, then that's microlearning. And that's not necessarily true. Microlearning isn't focused on time restraints, but on teaching something specific. So your job is to discover what that thing is. So I'll give you an example. A perfect case of microlearning is when somebody goes to YouTube to find out how to change the oil in their 2005 Honda Accord. This is called just-in-time learning, in case you didn't know that. And it helps the inquirer to find a solution right now. If you were to Google how to change oil of a 2005 Honda Accord, you might find what I found. So first thing that comes up, Google pushes this video by DIY guys, and it's a minute and 50 seconds, and it answers this question. So you would think that this video would be the most viewed Honda Accord oil change video, but it's not. Even though it's a minute and 50 seconds, even though it answers a question, 
there are other videos that have more views. So another video that comes up is by Robert DIY, and he has an 11 and a half minute video, but he's got 90,000 views compared to DIY guys who have around 9,000 views. So 10 times the views and nearly 10 times the length. So why does Robert DIY have more views? That's a question for another time, but the point of it is this, that length of time is relative if you're providing a solution. So 90-something thousand people thought Robert DIY was giving them an accurate description of what to do, answering the question, and so the length of time really didn't matter to them. They thought that it was worth watching that 11 and a half minute video. So keep this in mind, length is relative when it comes to micro-learning. If you're answering a question, that's the specific point, and if you do it well, people will come back to you. Now, this works for whether you're training in an office setting or whether you're doing corporate training as a consultant. If you answer the question, people are more prone to come back. Now, I'll be clear about these two videos. Both of them are examples of micro learning because both of them solve a problem. So Shannon Tipton also says this about microlearning when she was asked about the length that it should be. She says, microlearning should be as long as necessary and as short as possible. So in other words, microlearning is concerned with accurately and clearly solving a problem before it ever deals with time or even the mode of delivery. So that's where we pull out our best practice. If you're building content for your people, the best practice that you should keep in mind is that your micro-learning content should answer a specific question for one specific problem. Answer that and you're producing micro-learning. If this podcast was helpful for you today, then let us know and uh, leave a comment or reach out to us. You can find us at conveyor.com. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Vimeo. So check out our content. Uh, Leave us a like, leave us a comment, reach out to us, and uh, let us know what's going on in your world of training. Again, uh, I'll just point out that I'll be covering the rest of the questions from the five questions that were asked about microlearning in the next handful of days. So until next time, happy training.